Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cumbie Center's first podcast. We're coming live straight from the Beehive. My name is Caitlin. Hi, everyone. My name is Sherelle. My name's Nami. Hey, y'all. I'm Tori. Hello, I'm Brooke. And we are your victim service providers. So what is the Cumbie Center? What do we do? What is the point of this podcast? Well, we're really wanting to bring awareness to what we do, which is we service victims of domestic violence and victims of sexual assault. Um, we want to bring more knowledge to our community and just to people in general about these two subjects because it's such a broad topic, but people don't really understand that there's so many different forms of it. And so today, um, just to get a little start, we're going to go into talking about domestic violence. And, you know, in the future, we're going to go more into some other topics. But we just kind of want to give the broad overview of domestic violence today. Domestic violence are behaviors one partner uses to maintain power and control over their partner. And some examples of some of these controlling behaviors is there's physical abuse, which is hitting, kicking, biting, verbal abuse, which can be name calling or threats of violence or suicide. There's financial, which is control of the victim's access to bank accounts or taking the victim's earnings if they do have a job. And then intimidation or stalking, which is passive or covert, covert abuse. Some other forms of domestic violence could be destruction of property or even pets. There's also spiritual abuse, which many don't hear about, where the abuser could use the victim's religions to control them in that way. There's also sexual abuse, which can be anywhere from rape to fondling, molestation, or just unwanted forms of touch. If you find yourselves ever in need of some assistance, there are two national hotlines that I would like to give you. The first will be the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. The other is the National Sexual Assault Hotline, which is 1-800-656-4673. And there is a national helpline at 211 where you can get information on the agencies that may service your area. So what happens whenever someone comes into the Cumbie Center? A lot of times, whenever people end up at our office, someone's told them to go there. It's not necessarily someone just one day typed in to Google, and they may have, but most of the time it's not that they just typed into Google. You know, I'm a victim of domestic violence. What do I need to do? A lot of times something has happened in an officer more than likely has told them you should go check out the Cumbie Center. They could probably help you there. And we've had people come in here and they even don't realize at that point that they are a victim. They or what we like to call survivors because we want all of our clients to look at themselves as survivors. I tell people from the moment that they start in my office, I tell them that today is their first day to healing and to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. is going to be hard, but they can do it. And so what is something that you would expect when you walk into the Cumbie Center, what are their options? What's their option? Like, what are they going to do to get out of their situation? Nami, what, what is something that you do? Like you've been in this for a while. What are things that you do to help assist someone in that type of situation? 
depending on the situation, we do a lot of what we call orders of protection, which is a form of a restraining order between two intimate partners. We may possibly offer emergency shelter if a person is not safe in their home. We also do a lot of case management, which is helping people fill out job applications, helping people fill out rental applications, helping people uh, get registered for school. We do what we need to to help that person be able to transition from where they are to where they want to be. We also have an excellent counseling program as well to help our victims come up with ways to cope with the situations that they're in. We also offer support groups for our clients so that they can come together with other individuals that may be going through or have gone through what they've been through or similar situations where they can uplift each other and encourage each other. I actually have a client who was just telling me how they received so much more from support group than what they anticipated. Their mindset was I'm going into this room and I'm going to sit in a circle with other people and talk about my problems when that's not exactly what we do in support group. Like it's just us getting together and enjoying each other's company um, you know, there's, we have counselors to talk about your problems. We have those services. The support group is literally just that. It's just to support each other. Yeah. A lot of times people come into these support groups feeling very alone in their situations and being able to be around others who have experienced some of what they have helps a lot. And there are some who was once in a domestic relationship who are now uh, doing well and not in that relationship anymore who also are a support group and can encourage the others that um, there is a other side to the situation. Yes, I think that's so helpful. Like whenever someone can say, I've been there, I've been where you're at, look at me now. I'm out of that situation. You can do it. It gets it, better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does get better. And I just want to also specify that all of these services that we all named here today, they're free. You don't have to come in here and pay a bill or have insurance coverage or nothing. We are literally just here to make sure our clients are safe and to empower them so they can stand on their own. Yeah. They're also confidential. We're not going to tell anybody your business. <laughs> right. Right. And no matter what area you're in in the United States, there should be an agency like ours in your area that will service you. One of the biggest cases I think that is in the world right now is the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case. I think we've all heard about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I think this is going to be an interesting topic to talk about. But there is, I mean, this is obviously a situation to where there has most definitely been some domestic violence. And, you know, we're not going to say whether it's one side or the other, but there are definitely some indicators of some DV, as what we call mm -hmm. it, domestic violence that's been going on here. I think one of the biggest things that I noticed in the trial um, was when Johnny was on the stand and he mentioned that his father was actually a victim of domestic violence from his mother mm -hmm. as well. Um, in a lot of cases, we see... It's kind of a cycle. You see it growing up as a kid and you find yourself in the situation as an adult. I don't think a lot of people realize that that's what happens, but you kind of predisposed to it. So it's normal right. to you. It can be generational. Yeah. It can right. be generational. Right. Definitely. If no one ever shows you that this is incorrect behavior or this mm -hmm. is unhealthy behavior, mm -hmm. yes, that child adapts it as it's healthy and that's how they deal with their future relationships. Yep. Right. And you'll find yourself in those type of relationships over and over. It's a cycle. Well, even with Amber, she had, did she not have a history of some type of abuse in her life as a child? I think there was speculation that her father was abusive, but okay. I'm not 100% positive. 
what I will say is that being abusive to anyone is a learned behavior. You're not right. born an abuser. Um, you're not raised up to be one. You might be exposed to it and you adapt that behavior, but right. it is definitely learned and you saw it somewhere. Um, somebody respected, someone close to you, a family member. It could be even an older friend or sibling, but you saw it enough to say, okay, this must be how this is done. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you start to do mm-hmm. it the same right. way. Yep. You make those decisions to be that way, to be abusive. Mm-hmm. A lot of clients we have some of the things that they say, I know one of the hurt sayings that I've heard a client say is, you know, I saw this when I was young and I never thought I would be in the same situation. Mm-hmm. I always told myself I would never be with a partner who treated my parent like that ever. Oh, goodness. Don't we love that? Whenever people say, I would never allow someone else to put their hands mm-hmm. on me like that. I The moment that he or she lays their hands on me, I'm out the door. That's not going to be me. Or and you act- should have exactly. done that. Uh-huh. Well, I would have done that differently. But no one knows what they would do until they're in the situation. Right. You And it's almost something that gets me fired up and angry whenever someone tells me that. I'm like, no, you have no idea. You don't know what you would do Mm-mm. because you haven't been there. And so the, you're talking about a, a person. They've been married for 15 years. And they didn't see the little things starting off. You don't see it because you love the person. Just because they're hurting you doesn't mean you don't love them. You have children who grow up being abused by their their siblings, being abused by their their parents. And they don't not love their parent because their parent's abusing them. They still love them. And you fall in love with this pe- the person that's abusing you. And you're, you, a lot of times you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe back to those forms we were talking about. Most of the time, an abuser doesn't start off being physically abusive to their victim. Mm-hmm. Most right. relationships mm-hmm. begin in the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Anyway, yes, exactly. Where everything seems all good, you know, so. And then those little things slip in like, oh, he he only gives me an allowance. I don't get to control my bank account or he wants all my passwords to my social media. He doesn't want me talking to anybody. He doesn't know. And that's cause he, but that's cause he cares about me. Yeah. yeah. And, or he calls me all the time, you know, checking up on me or texting me all the time, wanting to know what I'm doing. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the way that we look at it, things. And social media really plays it as like, that's romance. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for young adults and teenagers. Oh, now yes. They're like, oh my God, he's texting me a hundred times a day. Isn't that sweet, guys? He's checking up yeah. on me. It's like, no, that's not sweet. Or oh, he's so oh, possessive. Gosh. Isn't that yeah. thrilling? Right. Or he always wants to spend so much time mm-hmm. with me. He doesn't really want me to spend time with anyone else. That's mm-hmm. because he cares about me. No, he's trying to control mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to hear us say he a lot because that's the majority of what we deal with. But there are, we definitely, definitely see the, on the other side of things, the she's as well. Oh, yeah. Domestic violence is not sexist. It can go either way. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, we're, that's something that we are used to saying is because we do majority deal with um, male abusers than we do female abusers. But like I said, we still have female abusers. It's not even always heterosexual relationships. We see abusers in same-sex relationships as well. Yes, we do. There's no discrimination in domestic violence at all. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what your educational status is, your economical status, Mm -hmm. your race, your Mm -hmm. age, gender. It affects all. It does. Mm -hmm. Now, we do sometimes see an overlap between um, cultural differences because there are some cultures that uh, certain things are accepted. What we we may look at as toxic or unhealthy may be accepted in their culture. Um, So we also work with clients where we see that present um, a lot of the times. 
You know, one of the biggest myths about domestic violence is that um, there's not a lot of battered women out there, that domestic violence doesn't happen in that a lot of relationships, mm-hmm. which that isn't true. Nearly one in four women are in a domestic violence relationship of right. some kind. Right. That's. I mean, that's what we have. A, a lot of relationships in general, we've cultured, we've um, taught within our TV shows, we've taught within our music within our homes, within our religions, that domestic violence is okay. And we don't understand, like people don't fully understand what domestic violence is. And again, that's what this podcast is for. Another myth is women are the only ones being abused. That's not true. Men are being abused also. Matter of fact, one in seven men experience Mm -hmm. domestic violence in their lifetime also. And a lot of times with men, they don't want to come forward about it because they don't believe anyone will believe them. Sometimes they think that they're less of a man and they're just ashamed to talk about it. Right. I've also heard another myth that people believe that middle or upper class individuals are not as likely to be victims of domestic violence as well. But as we've already stated earlier in this podcast, that (laughs) domestic violence does not discriminate. Abuse can happen to anyone. Does not matter your socioeconomic status. Right. And some of the ones we think it doesn't happen to, it's probably happened to a whole lot. That's what I was about Um, to say. And they're just not going to say anything. That it could happen. But I mean, a lot of times with um, the upper class or middle class and upper class, there's a lot of comfort with money there. Mm-hmm. And so leaving your partner at that time would be a huge inconvenience. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm used to this lifestyle. I'll just put up with it. This mm-hmm. is what I got myself into type of thing. And not only that, sometimes they're ashamed because they're so used to everybody looking at their relationship right. as one of the most perfect and the best relationship they've ever seen. So they want to keep that facade up so they don't want to leave because they're ashamed you know that kind of brings up another myth where a lot of people think oh if he's if he or she is an abuser they're abusive in other areas of their life when that's not always true they could be a great friend a good co-worker a good boss i mean that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going home and abusing their significant other right oh domestic violence can be it can hide it can hide Mm -hmm. very well And then when their victim tries to get help, those peers might be like, oh, I don't see him that way. I never never do do that. that. And that's where we go to. They make the choice and decision to do that, because if there was something that would cause them to actually be abusive, they would be abusive in every area of their life. They would be abusive to Mm -hmm. their people that they work with. They'd argue with them all the time, fight with them. But no, they choose to be abusive to whoever they want to be abusive with. That's why that, that person looks like someone that's so sweet and so nice i can't believe he was abusive to her next you know he goes home and he's a monster to his wife right yeah domestic violence really is a different type of violence because it's i mean it's literally between intimate partners you're gonna know your intimate partner in a way that no one else does Mm -hmm. you're gonna know your intimate partner the way that your intimate partner's mama doesn't know or their guardian or their dad or whoever their sister their brother you are only going to know that person in that one way. And so there's just domestic violence. There's just something about it. That's so different Mm -hmm. from other types of violence. Something else I've heard um, some clients say is, you know, once he started drinking, the alcohol caused him to be abusive Mm -hmm. or he was doing drugs. That's what caused him to hit me that time. Right. We know that's not factual. Yeah. Right. They may have fueled the abuse, but he had those violent behaviors somewhere in him. He was already violent somewhere. 
Yep. It just made them more free to do it. There you when go. you're intoxicated, they don't care. When you you're just, high, they don't yeah. care. Right. Yeah. So now it's just a free fall. But yeah, those... that sort of brings us back to the biggest myth that there is about domestic violence, which is that it's easy to leave. Mm. Oh yeah. Gosh, don't even get us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many factors that can hinder a survivor from leaving this relationship, especially if there's kids involved. Right. I've heard so many of my clients, they're like, well, I haven't, it took me this long to leave because I don't want to uproot the family. You know, I want my kids to still see their father, their mother, whoever. Right. Not only that, they love that person. So there's love Mm -hmm. there, you know? Um, And a lot of times they don't want to leave because they just love that person. They want the abuse to stop, but they want to try to salvage and keep the relationship. So there's a show on Netflix. It's called Made. And it's such a great representation about how every time this poor girl makes a step forward, it's like there's two steps that she ends up being pushed backwards. And it's like she can't get out of her situation. And that happens so often like we see it in a lot of our clients to where they've been relying on this person and it's not easy to get out of that situation that they're in and so that's why you know we talk about this as a myth it's not easy to just get up and go all right you guys that's it for today thank you so much for tuning in make sure you follow us on facebook and instagram and check out our website we have a lot of good information on there Also, if anything that we've talked about today has resonated with you or you've noticed that some of the things we talked about are aspects of your own relationship, just feel free to reach out to those hotlines we spoke about earlier. The National Domestic Violence Hotline would be a great indicator of who to call first. What do you guys want us to talk about? What do you want to hear? Please go onto our Facebook page, our Instagram, and send in your questions. Everything's going to be completely anonymous. We want to know what it is that you want to know. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys.